single and loving it with your host, Grace Hufton. I am going to get very um, transparent in this one, everybody. Well, I'm pretty much transparent in all of these. Um, I just want to say thank you all for listening. Thank you all so much for sending me messages on Instagram. Continue sending your messages. I love to hear from you. I love to hear what's helping you, what blesses you, because that kind of gives me an idea of what to continue to to talk about. And so just thank you so much for messaging me. Continue to send me messages. I love to hear from my listeners. You all are amazing. You're amazing people. I don't know. I love you all. And so today I'm going to be talking about a subject that is near and dear to my heart. We are talking about our first love, which is our love with Jesus. And I was getting ready for this just now, and I got to be honest, I just... I'm thinking about loving Jesus. I don't know. I guess the presence of God came over me. I just started crying right here at my desk. And I was just, uh, I think because I was going through some of my old journals and reading some of my old journal entries from like 10, over 10 years ago, and just seeing the journey that I've been on and how God's just been there for me and how He's been teaching me how to love him and how to receive love from him. And he's just so amazing. And I just get so choked up about it because I I am in love. I am in love with Jesus. And it's not just a cliche thing to say. I am passionately in love with him. And so I hope that this episode just stirs up your love for him and encourages you to go deeper in your relationship with him. And so we're talking about how our first love over every other love in our life has to be God. And it doesn't come automatically. It has to be a decision that you make in your life and you need to decide to put him first above everyone else. And you have to do things in order to keep him first in your life above everyone else. And being single, I mean, I'm not married. I don't have kids. So it's easier to do that. I mean, I mean... I don't know if it's easier because I can't compare it because I haven't been married. But I mean, it's pretty easy to put all of my attention and focus on my relationship with Jesus because uh, I don't have to share it, you know, really with anyone else. Although, you know, you know, you have family. I, I live with my sister. She's amazing. I have friends. I have fellow church family members. But my number one priority is Jesus. And he is our first love. And we need to keep him that way. And of course... You know, if you've been in Christian circles long enough, you probably know what scripture I'm going to read. But let's read it together. Uh, Revelations 2, 2 through 5. This is the first love scripture, but it's in a different translation, so it doesn't say first love. Anyways, it says, this is Jesus talking to a church. And he says, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. I mean, that all sounds like amazing stuff. He says, but he continues to say, But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. And the other, another translation is when he says, you have left your first love. You have left your first love. Just hearing that, like, I, I'm very emotional right now just because I just, oh, just got touched by his love. You can't put works in front of your love for Jesus. And, you know, he saw their hard work, patient endurance. They didn't tolerate evil. And they patiently suffered for Jesus without quitting. That's what the Bible says. But 
he says, you need to turn back to me and do what you did at first. Basically, when you first fell in love with me, what what did you do when you first discovered me, when you first accepted me as your Lord and Savior? And it's Jesus just putting out that call to people that he loves. He's, I, I see the hard work, but I want to be in a relationship with you. I want to be in a love relationship with you. Come back to me. Another scripture, um, Isaiah 29, 13, says, this is what the Lord says about these people. He said, they come near to me with hollow words and honor me superficially with their lips. All the while, their hearts run far away from me. Their worship is nothing more than man-made rules. And that's the Passion Translation. The New Living Translation says, And so the Lord says, These people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules. And so he's talking about people that they're going through the motions. They're doing all the right things, just like the church that's talked about in Revelation. You know, they were working hard. They were, they were suffering for Jesus. They were doing all of the right things, but their heart wasn't in it like it was before. And I can just hear the cry of God saying, I, I want to be in a relationship with you. That's why I died for you. And I, he's just so passionately in love with us that that's what he wants from us. He wants a passionate love, not empty works. I mean, how many of you have had someone do something for you that was really nice, but you knew it was out of obligation or a different motive, maybe just to let it be seen that they did a good deed. And, you know, it's nice, but it's like, oh, it's not as nice when you know someone does something for you out of love for you because they love you. And it means something so much more. There's such a value to love. It's, you can't see it with your, like love can't be seen, you know, so to speak. But of course, you can see the people's actions and their words and their gift giving. But it's it's something like I don't even know how to explain. You can't you can't see it. It's not something tangible with your physical hands. But it's something that you can sense in your heart and with you can sense it in your spirit when you're in a love relationship with God. And that's what He wants from us. He wants a love relationship. And Every Christian has to have times where we stop and reevaluate our relationship with God. And if we're honest with ourselves, there are times where we need to say, you know what, I'm not, I've fallen away from my passionate love. Because you can go through the motions and yes, you're, you know, you haven't fallen away from God. You haven't fallen out of love with him. But you can, if you're honest, just say, you know what? I've kind of lost my passion. I've kind of lost my fire. I'm kind of just going through the motions right now. And that's okay. It's good to recognize that. But then start making decisions. Okay, how can I rectify this? What can I do? What is my plan in order to get back to that place where I was passionately in love with him? Because that's, you know, we even have to do that in our earthly relationships. You know, I'm not married because, you know, single and loving it. But when you're married, you have to reevaluate your relationship with your spouse and make sure that you're on the same page and communicate with each other. And it takes intentional effort to stay in love. Because people say, you know, oh, we fell out of love. Look, yeah, well, you decided to do that when you stopped working towards that love relationship. If you you can't just, if you let it sit, it's going to grow cold. You have to continue to do things in order to grow the love that you have for each other. It's the same thing with God. We have to continue to grow that love. Otherwise, if we put it to the side, it's going to grow stale and it's going to go cold. And so 
take a moment and think about when you first got saved or think about when you first experienced the love of God, where it was so real to you that it it made you cry. It made you fall to your knees. And I fell in love with Jesus at a very young age. I got saved when I was three. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful for parents who taught me about God, who who taught me about having a relationship with God, that it wasn't just works, but it was a love relationship. And I remember being, I guess I was seven or eight years old. I have very vivid memories. We were in our storefront church building and they were teaching about being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues, but then I Oh, like the Spirit of God fell upon me. I felt the tangible love of God, and I just began to weep. I mean, I was like seven, eight years old, and I was weeping. And I remember my friends in the room started surrounding me out of concern. I remember looking up, and they're all looking at me like, oh, no, like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And they're putting their hand on my back like, are you okay? What's Why are you crying? What's wrong? And I remember being confused in my eight-year-old mind. I remember looking at them thinking, are you not experiencing what I'm experiencing right now? Do you not feel what I feel? And I was looking at them going, I'm, f- I'm fine. I was like, it's, I feel the love of God. And ever, like, oh, ever since moments like that, I, that's what I think about whenever I feel like I need to reevaluate my love relationship with God. Like, return to your first love. And I think about when I first experienced His love. And there may be some of you out there that you haven't had that experience before, where you say, you know, I've never actually been overwhelmed by the love of God. I haven't felt the tangible love of God. And that's by the Holy Spirit. The scripture says in Romans 5, 5, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. That's what I experienced. That's what I continue to experience. It's a supernatural encounter. It's a spiritual thing where you allow the Holy Spirit to fill you with the love of God. And it's just by, it's a free gift for everyone. You just open up your heart and you say, Lord, come and fill me. Come and fill me. And if you're not experiencing it, begin to press in. Because here's the thing, the the tangible love of God, the Spirit of God, His presence is a treasure. It's something so valuable. It's not something that can be treated lightly. If you're living a life of sin, you need to make some adjustments. If you're actively doing things that you know are not right, but you're not making it right, stop, repent, and change your ways. Run after God because there's no... There's nothing greater on this planet than the love of God, than the tangible presence, His glory, His wonder, His splendor. It's what what we need to live for. I live for that. I, I crave His love. I crave His presence. And when I'm in a place where I'm not craving His presence, I need to make some adjustments. What am I putting in my life ahead of God? What am I making a more of a priority in my life than seeking after God with all of my heart, with all of my being? It says in Matthew 22, Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And it's it's a fierce love. It's all or nothing. If you read in Matthew 10, Jesus said, 
If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. It's all or nothing. Jesus is worth it though. That Why would I want to put things on this Uh, temporary planet ahead of my eternal love, my Jesus. His love is fierce. His love is wonderful. In Song of Solomon 8, it's the scriptures about a love between a man and a woman, but really it's just a type and shadow of our love with God. And if it's this intense, this earthly love, then of course our supernatural love of our Father is so much more than this. But the scripture says, Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death, its jealousy as enduring as the grave. Love flashes like fire, the brightest kind of flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can rivers drown it. If a man tried to buy love with all his wealth, his offer would be utterly scorned. That's the intensity of what love can be. That's the value of love, especially with our love relationship with God. In Deuteronomy 4.24, it says, The Lord your God is a devouring fire. He is a jealous God. He is a jealous God. And I'd like to share a story. I think this must have been, I guess, 10 years ago. I'm 30 now, and so this must have been when I was about 20. And I was going hard. You know, I was very busy. That was probably some of the busiest times in my life. I was going to college at Georgia State University. I was driving there almost every day. So like I said before in previous episodes, like I was in the car like three or more hours a day. I also worked part-time at the church. Of course, also volunteered at the church. And then I was a part of like every worship team that was there. I was the worship leader for the young adults ministry. I was the worship leader for the youth ministry. I was the worship leader for the middle school ministry. And then I was also part of the main worship team. And I remember I I was calculating my schedule and I was like, I'm doing something with worship every single day of the week, whether it was a practice or a service or something. And I was just, I was very, very busy and I was working very hard. And then I remember being in my car one night, I think after, I don't know, after something at church, I was in the church parking lot and I felt, I felt dry. I felt far from God. And I just... I don't remember how it started, but I just remember having a conversation with the Lord in my car and God just kind of put this, I don't, he spoke to me in my car and he spoke to me through the story of Cinderella. And it's funny because God's spoken to me actually many times via princess analogies, <laughs> but um, for, with this analogy, he just gave me this picture of how, you know, when Cinderella met the prince you know, she was in this beautiful gown and wearing glass slippers and she had, you know, her hair all done. But when the clock struck midnight, she had to run away because her gown wasn't real. The gown wasn't real. The shoes weren't real. Like it was all just a fabrication of the fairy godmother. And what I felt the Lord tell me was like, you know, I've put on this fake dress and I've put on these fake slippers. Basically, like I'm putting on all of these good works, but it wasn't real. Like it is the good works wasn't out of my, my love for God. And I was doing it just out of going through the motions and basically out of obligation and just feeling obligated to do it. 
And I remember I began to weep in the car because I I, I love Jesus. And I, I, I was like, Lord, oh, forgive me. I can't believe I've been doing, just putting on, you know, I guess going through the motions. And I was just so convicted and I repented. I was like, Lord, Lord. And I just began to cry. And then I, I remember saying, I was like, was any of it real? Because I, I, I was like, Lord, I, I'm in love with you. I want this to be real. And I, and I asked him, was any of this real? And if you, any of you have ever watched Made in Man- Manhattan, it's a movie with Jennifer Lopez. If you know that movie, it's a Cinderella type movie. But in the movie, when the guy, who's the prince, and the movie finds out that she wasn't who she said that she was, he asked her in the movie, was any of it real? And she answered, she said, yes, it was real. I can't quote it verbatim, but she was saying it was more real than anything I could think. I don't know. But in that moment when I asked, was any of it real? That scene came to my mind and I just felt the Lord saying, yes, it was real. It was real. I felt like he validated me. He was like, Yes, I know that your love for me is real. Just like how the Cinderella and the prince, their relationship was real when they met and fell in love. You know, of course, it's a story. But when they met and fell in love, their relationship was real. But all the trimmings were not real. I felt like the Lord just told me, like, you need to get rid of the trimmings. Get rid of the stuff that you're trying to put on to impress me, like the Cinderella was doing. She was putting it on to be to impress the prince. The dress represented my good works that I was trying to put on in order to be good enough. And of course, my relationship with God is real. And so he was just like, just stop doing things out of obligation. Stop doing things because you feel like that's going to get my attention. And so I had a heart change and I said, yes, Lord, I I, want to do things for you out of a a love relationship with you. I want to do things with you as well. And then I was reading through some of my journals before I came on here. That's why I started just crying because just thinking about my relationship with God over the years, it's very sweet and tender to me. I read this one journal entry and it's an interesting analogy. I was younger then. This was another time in my life when I was doing things for God, but I put my relationship with him to the side, not even realizing it. And as I was praying and kind of getting back to the things of my first love, this is the analogy that came to me. A husband told his wife that they needed a new house. So she got right to work. She started to work on it all the time. She felt good about it because she was obeying her husband, but she began to neglect him. When it was their time to be together, all she would do was ask for more supplies or ask for more encouragement and and tell him how hard it was, but she was doing it anyway. You know, like, look at me, I'm doing this for you. And he was glad that she was building the house, but he missed her. But she was so occupied with her project that the relationship began to weaken. And it was kind of a strange story. But the point is, you can be doing things for God, just like the church that he's, we talked about in Revelation, how they were doing good things and they were suffering for Christ and they were working hard for him, but they neglected the relationship. And so my challenge to you is make sure that as you're living for God, that you're not just going through the motions just because you know that's the right thing to do out of obligation, out of, you know, you don't want to feel guilty, and but you put to the side your relationship with God, your communion with God, your fellowship with Him, your, your praying and reading the Word and spending time with Him and, and letting Him love on you and you loving on Him and you developing that love relationship. And this, so as you do all the right things, you're doing it out of a relationship and out of obligation because that's not what God wants. Like we read in Isaiah that people were 
honoring him with their lips, but their hearts were far from him. So just do a heart check right now. Where is your heart with your first love, Jesus? Anyone and everyone can go a little bit deeper into the love of God. And that's my that's my heart's desire for 2020 is to go deeper. And I asked the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to do this year? And he, he gave me two specific things to do this year to, to go a little deeper. And I was like, okay, I will do that, Lord. I will do it for you because I love you and I want to be closer to you because, you know, I'm not that old, but I guess the more you live life, the more you realize the only thing that matters is him. He's the only thing that matters. And I'm very grateful to have been single this long. I know it comes with challenges. It comes with questions and confusion and, and wanting to be married. And I totally understand that. But I look at being able to just focus on my relationship with God and having that time to do that. And I want to keep this relationship going even when I get married. Jesus is going to be my number one above my husband, above everyone else forever, for the rest of my life and for all of eternity. And that's what we're called to do as believers. We're called to love God with all that we are above everything else. And so I just want to put that challenge out there for you. Do a heart check. Ask the Lord where you're at with him. You're like, okay, Lord, where are we at? We good? (laughs) You know, like ask the Lord, what do you want from me this year in 2020? Do something intentional to develop your relationship with him even more than ever before. And so I hope this has blessed you all today. And I encourage you to share this with someone, post this on your social media, send me a message on Instagram. I love to hear from you. And if you have any questions, you know, send them my way. I'm still plan. I have plans to bring on my dad, Pastor Merrick, but also I have plans to bring them both on together. It's going to be hilarious. It's good. It's going to be interesting. But just want to say thank you all for listening. And I hope you all have a wonderful day. Love you. Bye-bye.